I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Yo, what's up? We're back. Turn to Facts Podcast here. I'm your host, Chris Payne. I'm a staff writer at Billboard. So we're normally a Thursday's podcast. I know. We're posting on Friday this week because, you know what? I just had to make this episode closer to Halloween. Our guest this week is a repeat guest on the show. It's Lynn Gunn, frontwoman of the band, frontwoman of the band Paris. I'm a big fan of them, and she's a big fan of Halloween. And in this chat, we covered her favorite Halloween memories, old costumes she wore, uh, some funny stories involving these costumes, some of her newer Halloween traditions, books, films, stuff like that that she's been into lately. And we also talked about their music. Uh, just in case you're not familiar with this band, Paris, who this whole episode is about, to get you into it, here's a little bit of an old jam. This one's called My House. I caught you walking straight through my world Guess you was on my phone I think I let you in Never thought that I would feel like this Such a That one's off their first album called White Noise. It came back in 2014. And they have a new album out. It's called All We Know of Heaven, All We Need of Hell. It came out a few weeks ago on Rise Records. And uh, the rest of the music that you'll hear from now on in this episode all comes from that one. So get ready for this next half hour of me talking to Lynn about all sorts of things, besides Halloween, that is, playing these new songs live, covering Tegan and Sarah recently for a compilation they were on, stories about fans, touring life, dealing with stress, what the band has coming up. I should note we recorded this one a couple weeks back when Paris was uh, on tour in America with Lights. So there's one point where I ask her what they're doing on Halloween, and at that point she can't say what it is, but that's since been announced. They're playing a BBC One show in London with Neck Deep, Enter Jakari, and a bunch of other bands, so... All you UK fans, check that one out. But um, Oh, and one other thing. Uh, Lynn shouts out specific Twitter followers of hers. So if you follow Lynn on Twitter, maybe she talks about you in this episode. And also, uh, listen to the very end after the interview with Lynn is done. I've got a couple announcements on the next few guests coming up on the podcast. And yeah, excited for this one. For now, that's all I got. 
here's the interview. We're picking up right where Lynn starts to talk about the tour she's on. So here we go. It's been great. We're like two to three weeks in, I think, at this point, I want to say. But it's been it's been crazy. A lot of the venues we've been playing, we opened shows at and um, like played shows there and nobody knew who we were. And now we're headlining them and there's rooms full of people. Who yeah, coming around who got again. the wrong ticket to the wrong <laughs> show or something. Um, yeah, it's been pretty surreal. Even like like every morning, kind of like when we go in for sound check and the venue's empty, I'm looking out and I'm like, there's no way it's going to fill up. And then we go on stage and it's a complete different vibe and it's crazy it's it's been awesome yeah at, at meet and greets and shows in the past you guys have had all sorts of stuff coming outs engagements mm -hmm. has anything like that happened so far in this tour not yet we haven't had we haven't had any coming outs yet i'm trying to think of anything crazy what about engagements happened. not this time i just like two weeks ago in brooklyn i saw an engagement happen on stage at a show what show was it it was the early november and the movie life okay that's a good that's a good show to do that at. that the movie life they actually they were in dallas the same night we were and um you know you know maddie right maddie one of our other managers maddie arsenal oh yeah he um he uh he's a big movie life fan and he like went to their set before before we played our set there so it's pretty funny. Yeah, movie life was just on this podcast. Yeah. Well, look at that. Yeah. First timers. But yeah, their album's really great. Shout out to those guys. Um so what else? I I looking at set lists so far and I don't want to spoil too much of anything. You already spoiled it by looking. <laughs> Setlist FM out there. Out man. <laughs> I didn't Spoiling even know that was a list. thing. <laughs> That's a thing. Mm. Wow. Um, but yeah, so I think it's really neat how um, how No Mercy is becoming a common set closer on this tour. <laughs> yeah. Even though like cause it was it wasn't one of the singles released ahead of the album, wasn't no. one of like the video tracks promoted a lot early on. So how did No Mercy come up as a show closer? It was kind of like the hidden gem of the record, I think. Um because I had kind of tweeted a couple of times, like, what songs do you want to hear when we come back out? And um, everybody was like, no mercy, no mercy, no mercy. And that was just kind of like one that was across the board. And um, so we were like, we usually would end the set with my house. And so we were like, okay, what's, what's like something else we can do that would come across just as much? What's it like just having so many more songs to work with now? It's awesome. Because, um, like, with White Noise, we literally just had 10, and you couldn't, like, swap out any or make any changes. Um, so it's been cool. Uh, like, I think I think this record, the songs on it are much – I think they come across live really well, um, and they're much easier to kind of, like, engage with the crowd. Um, so it's been really fun to be playing them. Yeah, I mean, you got to write those songs after so much 
cutting your teeth live and getting to see how songs go over? Because probably a lot of the songs that you wrote for the first album, you, you hadn't no really, idea. yeah, you hadn't played yeah. them to many people at all. Yeah. So you kind of had to figure it out on the fly. So yeah, what is it like taking the live show, rocking like a thousand people and being like, all right, this is how I write songs for this? <laughs> um, I don't think there was any, there wasn't any like deliberate, okay, let's write a song for the live show. I think it just kind of translated pretty naturally. Um, yeah. So what about uh, what about more traditionally seasonal things? I feel like Halloween is a big thing for oh, you guys. Yes. yes. What do you have planned this year? We are, f- I believe, we're flying on Halloween, or we're we're we might. Where are we in Halloween? Do you know? I looked at your tour schedule, and you have like looks like the whole week open. So I was wondering if yeah. there was anything in the works. I think we're doing Oh, I don't even know what this is actually. So. Oh, I do know. I do know what the we're podcast, doing. The podcast will be live, uh, not this Thursday. So maybe it is something you can say. No, you can't. Nope, I can't say. Um, okay, no, I do know what we're doing. But the past two years, I want to say, no, not this past year, but um, the two before, both Halloweens were spent flying to, like, Europe, I think. So we were airplane passengers on Halloween. Some of you were at least, like, watching Friday the 13th on the plane or just binging through, like, one of those franchises. I don't think so. I don't remember. I think I was, like, I think I was in a heavy reading period, so I was probably reading something weird. Oh, yes. I, okay. I was reading this book called The Black Sun. It's all about, like, alchemy and darkness and um, depression and how that all kind of interweaves together. So it was kind of halloween it was kind, yeah, of, very kind of festive. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> very depressing. Yeah, because I was going to ask, like, films, books. Like, do you have any go-to Halloween things you like to read, watch, view every year? Oh, my gosh. The number one Halloween essential is Hocus Pocus. Of course. For sure. And one of my friends introduced me to this movie. I had no clue that it existed. Um, Witches of Eastwick. You ever seen? Yes, you know. Um, it's amazing. Yemi. Yes. Agreeing with the margaritas with a lot of mm-hmm. this episode. Yes. Okay. It's so Witches of Eastwick here. is amazing. Um, but I found out that it's, it was filmed like 30 minutes from my house. Oh, in, wow. Yeah. In like Lowell, Massachusetts. It wasn't in Lowell, but it was, um, there's like, there's, it was filmed in two towns. I forget the name of one of them, but the other one where, like, it, it, half of it takes place on like, this big mansion. And um, it's in Ipswich, Mass., on this place called the Crane Estate. And I w- it was actually funny because I watched the movie and I was, was watching and I was like, I feel like I've been here before. Like, this looks really familiar. And then uh, I pulled up some pictures on my phone because I, I thought it was a place I had gone to a couple months before. And I, like, pulled up and did a little side-by-side. And it was, yeah. it was the same place that I'd been to, like, two months before. Um, so yeah, it's pretty cool. So Hocus Pocus though is the number one Halloween essential, I think. Gotcha. Yo, I'm going to expose myself as not knowing Massachusetts ways around That's too, totally too well, cool. but is Lowell close to Salem at all? Yeah. It's like 30 minutes. Probably. Okay. We're okay. actually, uh, we're actually going there on Friday, Friday the 13th because we have the Boston show on the 12th and then we have a day off. So I think we're, we're like bringing our bus kind of close to my house, and then we're going to all go to Salem. Damn, you're right. There's a October yeah. Friday the 13th this year. It's yeah. too perfect. 
super extra mega spooky. I feel like when you were in school, every class trip must have been to like the Salem Museum or like the Salem grounds or something. No, it was actually we never went to Salem. I'm and I'm curious if it if it had anything to do. Too with, haunted. No, it's there's it's actually really not that haunted. Like I. I I found out the other night that the most haunted place in Salem is a Walgreens because that was where <laughs> they like they built it on top of where all the women or all the witches were. Is it hung or hanged? There's a constant debate, and I, I this don't, is like layer lie. To, I want people to know that I'm aware of this debate, and I don't. I'm just gonna put way. both of them out there. Yeah. executed. They, were, they were, executed were executed on the grounds of Walgreens, and then Walgreens was built on top of it, and they refused to move it. So yeah. Shout I, out, I got it, the inside scoop a couple nights ago. Shout out to the Walgreens in Salem, Massachusetts. That, that's mm-hmm. the best place in the whole country to buy um, outdoor Halloween decorations. Probably. It's the best place to buy one of those like giant blow-up inflatable skeletons that like goes on your lawn and like the arms move side to side. Did you say that for a, a specific reason? Do you no. know something about me? I s- unless you're talking about like – I remember for another interview you told me when you would like – grab the stuffed skeleton when you were a kid and sleep with it yeah okay yeah yeah you told I, me that I wasn't before. sure if you were like bringing that up no no that, that was it, that or? was literally the first halloween decoration that popped into my head yeah yeah when i was little i used to i think it was a blow-up one it wasn't a stuffed one i slept with a blow-up doll when i was three was it one of those giant? Because that's what I meant. Like one of the giant ones, and they make it kind of like you know the inflatable arms oh, man, the that- big giant lawn ones. Oh, it was one of those. It was like a little, little like toddler size. Okay. One. Yeah, that'd be crazy if I had like one of those in my crib. This giant skeleton thing. Do you have any other like Halloween <laughs> memories from when you were a kid? So many. Yeah, like what? What are the best Halloween memories? Um. Or costumes. Okay, I'll go into costumes, then I'll go into like a good Halloween. But one of my one of my best costumes, I think. There's two. There's top two. There's one. This was when I was too little to know what was going on. So this was all my parents. This credit goes to them. They made me a bag of jelly beans. And they, they basically just wrapped a big plastic bag around me and then filled it with a bunch of little tiny like water balloons with air instead of water. And they just marched me around like a bag of jelly beans. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And then, then and then this this was like one of my favorites because I my mom and I worked very hard on this. I was in second grade. This was right when like SpongeBob started getting big. Okay. Before he was like mainstream, you know. Before the memes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we we got like two giant things of foam, painted it orange, and picked out all the little holes, and we painted his face. We cut out cut out like a little slot right right in his mouth and I put my face there and marched around on Halloween and pretty much everybody thought I was cheese. <laughs> so like it was really upsetting. Like we'd go to like old people's house and they'd be they'd be like, Oh, are you some cheese? <laughs> and I was like, No, I'm SpongeBob. Thanks guys. But but last year I had yeah, a really fun Halloween. We were in Utica, New York. We were, it was when we were working on the record. And um our friend Sierra. Do you know Sierra Custerbeck at all? I don't know if you've ever no. done anything with her. Um, she used to be in Versa Merge. Okay. Works used to or was in a band with Blake who produced the record. Gotcha. Um, so she came up to visit for this Halloween, and um, there was like a town over from Utica called Clinton, and it was like a cute little small like 
total Halloween East Coast town. And um, so we went, like, just out walking around trick-or-treating. Um, and we, we, like, stumbled on this this one person's house. And, and they had, like, a fire out front. And they had, like, wine and everything. And there's just these two parents, but they just had it, like, decked out and ready. And um, Sierra just kind of went up to them and were like, yo, can we hang out with you guys? And they were like, yeah. And they, like, pulled up chairs for us, gave us wine. And we ended up just, like, making friends with these two parents for, like, a few hours. They, like, let us into their house and stuff. It was actually really creepy. I was like, we could do, like, really crazy shit if we wanted to, if we were, like, serial killers. But we're not. But I was like, they were very trusting and we were very trusting of them. But they were awesome. Well, like, letting strangers into your house is kind of the spirit of Halloween. Kind of. That's true. The spirit. There's a lot of trust involved in Halloween. Yeah, and taking candy from strangers, for sure. But, yeah, it was was really cute. Their kids were in high school, and their, like, son was, like, kind of going through some stuff and getting into trouble. And they were like, (laughs) what were you like when you were in high school? And they were asking us, like, well, what, what do you think we should do? And it was really cute. Basically, just give our son some advice. Yeah, or they're like, give us advice. <laughs> or like, how can we understand our son? <laughs> it's funny. Cool. So what's, um? give me the lowdown on what you guys have coming up after this U.S. tour is wrapped. Well, as soon as this U.S. tour is done, we head straight to Mexico, play a show with Paramore in Mexico City, which is awesome. Have you played with them yet? No, never. Um, so that'll be a first. That'll be really exciting. Um, and then after that, we fl- we pretty much go straight to the UK. Um, I think we rehearsed there for a little bit, and then we hop on to our Europe and UK tour, and we'll be gone till like December. And then uh, got most of December and January off. Going to do some writing and creating of any sort, whatever we want to do. And then uh, we've got some stuff coming up later in the year that we can't really say yet, but. You have stuff coming up this month you're not going to tell me about. I know. That's not not my doing. I'm just going to tell the listeners that Halloween weekend, there's there's nothing on the Paris tour schedule on Halloween. That's a fact that is not giving anything away. Yeah, but there is something. Something's going on. Something. I really want to – I really – for some year on Halloween, I really hope we play a show. I really want – I want to do two things. I want to – the three of us to dress up as the Sanderson sisters. Like, the boys wear dresses and everything. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> there's another year. I hope we can do this again. I really want to get really good prosthetic makeup done and look like old people. Okay. And just, like, go up and go on stage as a bunch of old people and not say anything. And, like, don't comment on it whatsoever and just... Not even do it in Halloween. Do it in like April. Yeah, I, I can Yeah, I kind of <laughs> want to do it like whenever we can. Just do it really, just on a random, random day, and just don't say anything about it. Don't even acknowledge it, and just kind of perform as some old geezers. Yeah, the bands dressing up for Halloween shows in costume is an awesome thing, though. I yeah. can remember that a long time going to shows. It's yeah. something to take advantage of. Have you been to anywhere where you're like, that's amazing? The one that sticks out in my mind was Under Oath at Starland. I think it was Starland Ballroom in New Jersey. They came out mm-hmm. dressed as Slipknot. A lot of bands do that. <laughs> a lot of that's pretty iconic to to be a band that other bands dress up as. Like that's pretty. That's pretty pretty awesome. Them and like Kiss. Yeah, basically be Kiss or be a new metal band. Yeah. <laughs> 
be the misfits. Or, like, I feel like there could be so many creative group costumes. Like, somebody could do the mystery gang. Mystery yeah. gang. Yeah. Um, what else? Charlie Brown. Yeah, like Josie and the Pussycats. Mm-hmm. What are some other? Oh, School of Rock. You could do School totally, of Rock. Totally, yeah. <sighs> what else? There's a lot. Totally. Sanderson sisters are number one. Though, yeah, we got some ideas here. The wheels are turning for sure. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Yeah, so towards the end of like your last tour, you were really open about being stressed and having a hard time with dealing with all the good things that you were that were coming to you and just sort of sitting back and enjoying them as good things. So I was wondering, like, how have you been d- dealing with that this tour? You know, I'll be, I'll be straight up. It's still a work in progress. Um, like, it's been amazing. The shows have been shows have been amazing. I'm definitely just still trying to manage the stress factor and like the, I guess I have I've I never used to get this like I. I never used to get stage fright or nervous before playing, and, like, this has been something that's kind of popped up um, ever since we kind of came back. Um, So that's been a new developing thing I've kind of been working through. Um, Well, you guys are an awesome live band, so just don't think about that. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Knock it back down. Yeah, and it's it's weird because it, it like, messes with with a lot of stuff um, vocally. Like if if you're mm-hmm. if you're in like a weird mental spot or if you're anxious or stressed, it can like really actually physically affect you. So that's that's been like the current work in progress, but it's it's being worked through, and I don't know, we'll get it. Yeah, well, I feel like if you were like a band that had all sorts of crazy vocal distortions, like if you were Corn or Slipknot, then you wouldn't have to worry about that. <laughs> well, I mean, we'll start. On. We might start doing that. I don't know. Um, but yeah, but uh, like aside from that, honestly, the shows have been so so amazing, and everybody coming out has been like pretty crazy, and it's really cool to see how our audience has kind of grown over the over the past few years. They're really diverse in age and like everything. It's it's really really cool. Yeah, yeah. I'll see you tweet every so often, like retweet someone who's like, "I want to go see Paris, but I don't have anyone to go with." Yeah. <laughs> so why why is that really important for you guys? Kind of like a buddy system. Yeah, I mean, I'm like for me personally going to shows, that was the 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 coolest part is just getting getting your friends together to go to go to a show and and like making friends at the show. I feel like you meet pretty like-minded people, especially in music. Um so it's so it's cool to kind of be able to kind of like help curate that for people or just like give that, put that out there for for other people. Um 
that we've met so many, so many, so many like groups of friends. Um, and then like so many couples that are like, oh, we met at your show or like, we're all best friends now or we're engaged now. Like it's, it's pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah. And just for like communities of young queer people, it seems like having a place for them to go and just be around other people like them yeah. with a common interest of just like, oh, we like Paris too. Yeah. It seems like that's just such an important thing for the kids who go to your shows. Absolutely. Yeah. Just, just really like creating that safe space and opportunity for people to kind of mingle. And yeah. just be like, yo, we're pretty similar. Yeah. Yeah. When you were younger, were there any bands who kind of had that? Or do you think it's more of just like a new thing that's popping up a lot more now? Um, like, I guess Tegan and Sarah could have been like that back then. Yeah. I, I think uh, like around that age, though, I wasn't, I wasn't like, I didn't go to a lot of sh like a lot of bigger shows. I went to a lot of like local shows, um, especially in high school. So I don't, I don't really. I don't really know. I wasn't really around to, to notice that. Yeah. But, yeah. Shout out to Tegan and Sarah, though. You want to give a little, yeah. little uh, shout out to the song on the compilation? Shout it out. <laughs> what, so you, you covered Are You 10 Years Ago yeah, for yeah. the con times, tw times 10, 10-year yeah. anniversary, all different artists covering yeah. the album top to bottom. So tell the people about what it was like putting that together. Yeah. Just it was, sh shout it out. It was really fun. Um I've actually never met Tegan and Sarah, but I've like been in talks with them just from like the, the we did like that nylon interview together. Yeah. Um, and we have a mutual friend who's like kind of she kind of like set up us like just getting talking and um, introducing our band to them. Um, but yeah, they they like contacted me about about doing that, and I was really really stoked. And um, I don't know, I was stoked that they picked that song. In particular, just because it, it it's like a really kind of dark and brooding and like kind of chaotic and anxious sounding song. So it's cool to like be able to kind of uh, ship that away a little bit and just like make it a little bit more straightforward, a little bit more pop driven. Um, but yeah, it was fun. I got I got to do like a little bit of the production on it and kind of co-produce it with our engineer who did the record with us. And um, yeah, we just like I like, kind of did like a little bit of a logic demo like like a month beforehand and then eventually got to LA and he and I just kind of like zoned in for a day on it and busted it out and yeah it was super super quick but really fun and like collaborative kind of kind of jam Yeah, you were telling me for Billboard's piece on the Tegan and Sarah compilation, which you can read now in Billboard's yeah. issue or read on Billboard.com. You were telling me that you kind of took on more of the responsibilities of production and whatnot for the song. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that. Yeah, I mean, like for like with this with this past record, um, I did a lot of the programming and like kind of kind of co-produced with it. I guess it's like I don't know how to explain it because it's such I don't know. Like everything is kind of coming from my logic demos and like all the stems from that. Um, so, but it was it was really cool with this one because I just got to like pretty much make it all and then um, bring it into like a 
another session with Anthony and we just got to like track guitar and vocals for it. But for the most part, it was like most of my, most of my production, most of the sounds and stuff like that. So it was cool to finally be able to like have the opportunity and like not as much pressure of like a full length record um, to be able to just kind of like test it out and like see where it would go with that. So it's definitely something I want to do more in the future and like really hone in on and be able to do more. So, so Logic is your jam? Logic is my jam, yeah. Logic and like any kind of sound, like uh, sound toys or waves plugins, zebra, all that kind of stuff. So word, because I don't really know anything about this stuff myself, but I feel like a lot of people listening are curious about this kind of behind the scenes stuff of how musicians they like go and go about making their own music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always just really start with um, I'll pull up some kind of like synth patch and just like vibe out on a chord progression or um anything it's it's like it always starts kind of different like it can be a melody idea or just a beat and then you just it's really just like building around that but um yeah like usually if I'm working on a demo I really try and get it to like to some degree what I want the production vibe to be and just like some something where you can like listen and be like okay this is the direction like this is the kind of energy and just like something to be able to build from that um but yeah and like even when we when we do the record like it's like say if say if we're like in the studio with Blake, if we're starting something from scratch, we'll usually kind of write as we record and record as you write, and it's really just like I don't know, you're kind of just constantly shaping the sound instead of I think a, like not every band, but I think a lot of like classic, not classic rock, but like typical rock bands kind of like drums, bass, guitar, vocals, and then it's done. Um, and ours, it's kind of like all over the place and really just like, oh, let's work on this sound today. Let's work on this. And um, really kind of just, like I said, just like having the vibe from the get go and just building around that and having it having like a rough studio bounce be like close to what the actual final song would be, I guess. Like the modern production version of that classic rock way of writing. Kind of, I guess. I don't know. It's all over the place. Ne- neither of us were alive then. I don't really know what I'm talking <laughs> yeah. about. Or like, like not even classic rock, but I just mean like, um, like, like the my, rock band. Way. Yeah, yeah. Because because we before we'd recorded with Blake, we recorded um, a couple a couple EPs that some has some has been heard and some hasn't, and that was just like the system. It was like you go in, drums, bass, guitar, vocals, and then you're done and you're out. Um, whereas this, it's so scattered and kind of all over the place which I think brings a really cool energy to it though because you're not like compartmentalizing your creativity you're kind of just like going in the moment with whatever feels good yeah this is it sounds like it maybe starts a lot of times with the refrain or a chorus like for heaven would it have been like that you took my heaven away part it wasn't it wasn't it was um I had started like I didn't even know if I wanted to make it a song. I just started this demo on Logic and it was really like kind of soundscapey and ethereal and I was like, I don't know how this is gonna be a song or like where the where the vocals would even go with this. Um, I don't remember writing writing that, honestly. <laughs> or like the as far as as far as like vocals and um, the chorus hook and stuff like that. Like I actually don't remember when that came up. Yeah, I can see that because there's there's definitely <laughs> very atmospheric and quieter parts and the yeah. build up to that song and like yeah that really like pleasant part of the outro with like the like the plucking strings mm-hmm, the harp and everything yeah that was one of my favorite favorite things it's about a nice outro record. yeah um 
Yeah, we had we had this uh, harpist. Would that be the proper? I think so. A harpist. Harper or a harp wouldn't player. be. A... I don't know. Not a harper. Harpsichord. Harpsichorder. <laughs> a harpist uh, came in for like two days and was just kind of like we let her just vibe over everything and it was really really cool. It was just like harp with like reverb and delay the entire two days. So I was just like pulling up old like paintings and like turn of the century photographs. Oh, totally. Just diving into that vibe. It was really fun. Get really lost in that. And all of a sudden there's like a background harp on eight of the 10 songs. Yeah, yeah, totally. We got a little carried away, but I love it. Those are like my favorite sections on the record is whenever it's just the harp soloed out. Yo, do you have any music videos coming up? Wow, so many things no. that are that are. Uh... Um, yes and no. Like, we actually can I talk about winter? So we shot we shot a video for winter, and um, we had it edited, ready to go, and um, then we did. Then we shot anyone else like a week or two afterwards and anyone else just came out so much cooler than winter did so now like we're kind of like not happy with winter fully to put it out um so that's like a in limbo it's in limbo right now yeah it was just um the circumstances with making that video and making the anyone else video were very different and um yeah it just wasn't up to par with like where we wanted it to go um, it's still a really cool video, but we just don't feel ready kind of putting it out yet. So that's going to be possibly something down the line if we get a little more little more footage for it. Um, I think it needs a couple more elements brought to it. But, um, well, you're going to be traveling a lot. You said Mexico, all around Europe, plenty of opportunities to be in new settings, maybe some new music video footage. Yeah, maybe. I mean, like I said, we have all of most of December and January off, and part of that may be spent going over there to film some stuff. So that's all I'm going to say. Some mysteries, some loose ends. Some mysteries. Yeah, there's, there's loose ends on my end, too, like all of our ends. Like Some things no one knows about. Yeah. <laughs> Some things we know nothing about either. <laughs> so we talked about the tour, about videos, about all sorts of new stuff, about Halloween. Is there anything else you want to tell the fans, touch on Paris things coming up? I don't know. Come hang out on our tour. Let's say hey. I don't know. The production is really cool for this tour. I'm very excited for it. Yeah, I won't yeah, let's not spoil any of that. I, I, Sweet I, I, brag. I only spoiled one, like, 15th of the set list. So I think I think production, <laughs> so many more songs, two albums out there. There's a lot to be excited for. Yes. It's a good lineup, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah amazing. Um, we had this artist Party Nails on the first half. She was opening. Um, she just hopped off two days ago. We're very, very bummed that she's gone. But we just had uh, Flynn Eastwood hop on, and she's incredible. Like, a... A, a fucking performer like really 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 cool vibe and she's super raw and just real it's awesome and then lights is lights like i don't know you know lights is you lights. know lights i know lights lights is incredible she's another past podcast guest who will be on a repeat podcast so yeah look out for that yeah yeah but yeah i think that's it is there anything else one last glance <laughs> looking across over, the room. Looking what over can we say? Like, what are we allowed we to anything? say? 
think. If we keep talking, we're just going to give stuff away. So I guess we I know. should probably wrap up. I know. I, sh- I shouldn't have said anything on the music video thing. Because now people are going to be waiting for it. And we might never actually put it out. Yo, any fans you want? I know you got lots of fans and probably you should single some out. Give a shout out to like some fans. Oh, my Some goodness. people. Um, Who are just going to be like so amped when they listen to this. Oh, and- okay. Um. Amy Petit Pony. Yeah, she's amazing. Um, no, there's... Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to single him out by his Twitter handle. Okay. It's Mad Airport Baby. Mad Airport Baby. Yes. And he's amazing. He, he, so I tweeted maybe like two years ago or something. Like within a, the span of a week, like something about babies at airports screaming and being really upset. And I was like, I feel you. And um, this kid made a Twitter account with, like, it's like the icon's like a baby with, like, devil horns on. And he's always just tweeting, like, super rude stuff at me. But it's amazing. It's, it's <laughs> like, really – hold on. I need to read some of it because it's so good. Yeah, shut out the handle. Shut out yeah. his, his greatest mad tweets. It's either mad airport baby or – angry i think it's mad airport baby so like this two days ago tweeted i got my own fucking tablet now to play educational games you can't fuck with me if you wanted to <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the one before that was terrible twos are oh terrible twos are in bitch i'm an angry toddler now throwing tantrums in every department store <laughs> in all caps and then, <laughs> and then this was like in april they tweeted Y'all, I start preschool next year. Oh, my God. And then, like, it's just, it's great. I don't know. I think it's really funny. Yeah, he's got a persona, and it yeah. sounds like it's growing it's up. So, so he's, he's got he's got some place he could take this. Yeah. There was one that was, like, petition to kick Lindsay out of Paris. Oh, re- retweet to kick <laughs> Lindsay out of Paris. <laughs> it's amazing. I love him. And it was awesome. We uh, When we were in Orlando, he uh, we did we set up like a little Skype call with his schools. Um, I think they call like there they call it GSA or SGA, just like Gay Straight Alliance. Okay. And um, got to like chat with his whole his whole class. It was really oh, cool. that's dope. Yeah, and then they they came out to our show and like just all hung out afterwards. It was really really sweet. So now he's immortal. We he's got a place him. in my heart for there sure. There we go. Mad Airport baby. Thank you so much to Lynn for coming by. Pleasure as always. All We Know of Heaven, All We Need of Hell is the name of their sophomore LP. It's out now on Rise Records. You heard it all throughout the show. So what's next? Coming up on this podcast, it's a weekly Billboard podcast. comes out every Thursday. have an interview with Lights Coming, which I recorded just around the same time as I recorded the Lynn interview and they were coming through on the Paris tour through New York City. So an interview with Lights is coming up, interview with the Front Bottoms on a future episode. That interview has already taken place. It's in the can. We're working on it. It's coming in a future week. And an interview with Weaves, another one that's already been done, coming up in a future week on the Alternative Facts podcast. So all sorts of exciting stuff in store. To make sure you get every podcast each and every week, you can subscribe. Go to iTunes or search for hashtag alternative facts just in the podcast app on your phone. Hit the subscribe button. 
And while you're there, leave us a star rating. It's always super helpful to get that from you guys and to hear specifically what you guys think about the show. So with your rating, drop in a little line about what you like, what you don't like, what you want to hear more of on the show. And also you can find me on Twitter at plane. That's my handle. I'm always dropping in little hints about artists who are coming on, things that are in my world coming up. So give me a follow there. Stay in touch. Say what's up. Another good place is just shout out feedback at me if iTunes isn't so much your thing. And that's really all I have for you guys. Thank you so much for listening. As always, happy Halloween. Actually, next week will be one day before Halloween. So I get to wish you happy Halloween one more time. But until then, have a good week, guys, and we'll talk soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.